How y'all doing tonight? Good, good, good. I'm glad you're doing good. I just needed to get out of the freight train light. So uh, just don't mind me. Tell your neighbor hi. Tell them glad you're here. Oh, I'm not going to pull the mics down. Mic stand down. I'm, I'm doing good. I practiced earlier today. Nothing broke. Amen. Y'all doing okay? Okay, good. I'm just checking. We got time to kill, right? Hallelujah. I could play the piano. I heard a murmur. Who was that? Kevin, was that you? That was your wife? What? I thought we were friends. I'm sorry, I'm just got work to do. I guess I could have done this earlier, but, you know, things happen. Got to have king cake. I'm almost done, I promise. If you're a first-time guest, this is not normal. <laughs> I promise. I promise. I promise. There is a reason to the madness. Amen. Okay. Everybody doing good? Y'all ready for the word? Well, I'm ready to uh, deliver the word and uh, just want you to feel comfortable tonight. Uh, tonight is going to be more of a sort of a teaching, if, if that's okay. Sometimes it's good to preach and, and shout and holler and, and, and do all of that. And then sometimes it's good just to have some teaching to uh, give us some principles that we can walk out of here with and apply like tonight. Amen. And so just want to encourage you with that. And uh, let's pray and uh, just ask God to help us. Father, show us how to love. Amen. 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 Well, listen, this book that I hold in my hand contains principles. It contains precepts. It contains things that we can live by. But I believe the, the strongest thing that we can see out of this is the love that God has for mankind. Amen. It literally contains a love letter to each one of us. And within this love letter, it teaches us and gives us principles that we can learn from to not just hear it tonight, but to, to walk it out. And that's why I gave you a handout. Amen. In this book, we learn that loving and being loved is the core of what God wants us to do. In this book, it teaches us that love is worth living for. It's, it's, it's the energy of life. Amen. It gives life purpose and meaning. It's the trademark or the characteristic of what a Christian is supposed to act like in the real world. This book tells us that this should become or should be the number one priority in our life. That love should simply flow out of us. We learn that God wants us to not only walk in love, but He also wants us to pursue love and, and, and give out love. And our greatest example 
of how to do that is through the life of Jesus in the Gospels and in the, in the New Testament. For his life revolved around love. Everything that he did growing up within his ministry, helping people, teaching, everything that was about him revolved around love. Would you all agree? It wasn't power. It wasn't fame. It wasn't that daily checklist. It wasn't accomplishments or wealth or notoriety. It was all about love. Of course, he set the example for what love should look like. In fact, the New Testament uses a, a Greek word called agape, and you may have heard that word before. In fact, it's one of the hardest words to translate because there's so much deep meaning behind that word. It's not just a surface word like, yeah, I love you. And the next day, I don't love you. You know, it, it goes much deeper than that. In fact, it's the kind of love that it, it's an individual who, who has so much desire and to, to, to understand and to see about someone and to love someone and to, to understand about them. And it's, it's, it's having sincere appreciation about someone. It goes so much deeper than what we know as love. It's a love that has no strings attached. And it's something that isn't seeking itself. It's something that we can give out. Amen? God simply loved mankind without any thought of receiving anything in return. He just loves because He is love. And this kind of love was evident in the life of Jesus. In fact, all throughout Scripture we see that the way He conducted His life and the way He spoke was totally different from all other religions. It was totally different. Nothing comes close. He lived it. He modeled it. And so what is the big difference between the way Jesus loves and the way we love? Well, it's represented by this caution tape. You see, we love up to a certain point, and then it stops, right? We can only sometimes go so far with love in fact, some people say, you know, you don't have to tell me how to love, Rob. I know how to do it. Okay. You know how to do it up to a certain point. We love our husbands until he forgets to put the trash out. He drives by 15 houses the night before and sees the can out. And you would think that he would clue in and understand that tomorrow is trash and put the trash out, but he doesn't put the trash out. So our love stops the night before trash day. Barb's going, yeah, yeah, that's Kevin, that's Kevin, yeah. Oh, we love our wives, right? Well, I gave her flowers last year. Doesn't that count for something? A woman once said, love is kind, love is patient. Until about the third time, my husband leaves the toilet seat up. 
And then you have some that says, I'm only going to go this far because the last time that I tried to love it, I got burned and I'm not going any further than this tape. Then you got the guy who goes to work and his coworker is Miss Drama. Every day it's drama. And so he has enough of drama and says, girl, you need to get your own reality show. And he walks out. He only goes so far with a coworker. Amen. My 30-year-old son no longer talks to me. So if that's the way he wants it, that's all I can do. We usually love up to a certain point, don't we? If we're, if we're honest about ourselves. But tonight I want to give you what I think is the, the key to the way Jesus loved. Would you like to hear that? It's just simply one key. In fact, it's your first blank at the top. By the way, if you don't have an ink pen, it's okay. There are pencils. Listen, I want you to take notes. And here's the reason why. I want you to regurgitate what you hear tonight and what you write. Amen? Maybe you can do a life group with this, or maybe you can do a little Bible study at your home with it. But I want you to take this handout and just not discard it in the trash can, but use it as life and to show people what the, the, the difference in the way Jesus loved and the way we love. Amen? Would y'all be challenged enough to do that, to take it, and, and use it. Put it on your fridge. Look at it. So how did Jesus love? And I'm going to show you it as a demonstration. He just simply took love one step further. He just simply took love one step further. We stop at this tape, but he says, no, no, no. We're going to go one step more. Amen? Are you all uh, okay with that? You say, well, how did you come with that, Rob? Well, I want to prove my point, and it's the two scriptures there in your handout. You see, we've been given a mandate in the Old Testament. The basis of how Jesus says that we can go one step further is this. In Leviticus it says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. You see that? So the Old Testament, that's that was the rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. But then Jesus comes along and gives us a new commandment. He adds to this original commandment. Look what it says in John 13, 34. He says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, right? We, we just heard that in Leviticus. But how are we going to love one another? As I have loved you. Circle that, underline it in your notes. You see, Jesus not only, he, he wants us to go one step further in our relationships. Would you agree? Would you agree? And so how are we going to do it? Because most of us stop here. Jesus says, no, because I've loved you, I want you to go love other people. Amen. So because of what we receive from him, he's saying, I want you to go out 
and I want you to duplicate and regurgitate. So tonight, Jesus is saying that we have the capacity to love people beyond our boundaries because I've loved you. And so what I want to do is give you 10 examples. You can say, Rob, 10 examples? Oh my gosh. I thought you were three-point Rob. No. Listen, I like as little points as possible because I just need it simple. I need the cookies on the bottom shelf. You know what I'm talking about? But how can you contain the love of Jesus in three points? And so I started off with three points this morning, but then it kept growing to four. And then, and I'm like, this, we can go to 50. We can go to 5,000. But I had to put a stop somewhere. Amen. And so I said, no, we're going to do 10 points and we're going to go through them very quickly. Again, this is practical teaching for us to see how we can take it one step further, but also how Jesus took it one step further. Are you ready? Number one, by extending forgiveness to those who didn't like him. That's how Jesus took it one step further. By extending forgiveness to those who did not like him. And there were many. I think we can all agree that when Jesus went through the beatings and the torture, it was such horrific expression of beating that if you were here this weekend, you heard from Pastor Brandon what that was like. And Jesus could have called upon the Father to stop it and punish his accusers. But he didn't. So what does he say in Luke 23, 34? He says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. So the application is, is there a relationship in your life that you need to extend some forgiveness. This is applicable. This, this is, this is going to hit you right between the eyes and it's going to hit me. Amen. Is there a relationship, whether it's work or with even in your own family, maybe close immediate family or maybe a neighbor that you need to extend forgiveness to? You know, I do a lot of funerals. I've done a lot of funerals in my day in the f almost 15 years that I've been on staff here. And one of the great tragedies is when you meet with the family to try to get information about the person, about the deceased, because you want to make it personable, right? When, when you're doing a funeral, you want to make it and connect with the crowd. A lot of times I can't connect with the crowd because there's so much hate that they have for the person that's in the coffin. And the consistent thing that I hear a lot from people when they're making funeral arrangements and, and, and doing all of that and said, Pastor Rob, could you do this? Yes, I would love to. You know, a lot of them say, I, had reg I have regrets of not making it right. They let offense come between and divide families. And it happens day after day after day. And they would rather live in unforgiveness than pursue love and take it one step further. In fact, some people enjoy being offended. They, they get offended easily and quickly. Maybe because of something that happened in their past. And so naturally, they just stay there 
in a state of offense and bitterness comes in. And if you were here this weekend, you heard a powerful message from Pastor Kelly about how to forgive and what forgiveness can bring in your life. Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers, and it's in your notes, and forgives an offense seeks what? Love. But he who repeats or gossips about a matter separates intimate friends. What a powerful, powerful scripture that can help you. Amen? So Jesus wants us to go beyond this tape. He wants us to take it one step further and just simply forgive. Number two, how did Jesus take it one step further? By showing compassion. That's your second blank, by showing compassion. Matthew 15, 32, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and they have nothing to eat. They're hungry, you know, they're hungry. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may be collapse on the way. This is one of the greatest miracles in the recorded in the in scripture. Jesus took some bread and some fish and he multiplied it and, and fed thousands of people. And we put a lot of stock in, you know, the miracle, and, and I get that, but do you see what Scripture says? He says, I have compassion for these people. You see, Jesus could have very well gotten to us, hey, you know what? You're on your own. You're going to have to go down to Burger King. I can't help you. Hey, you stuck around for three days. It's on you. You're going to have to pay for lunch, not me. No, Jesus says, no, I'm going to take it one step further and I am going to show compassion for them and I'm going to take care of their physical need as well as their spiritual need at the same time. You see, he didn't let numbers stop him. He didn't let the circumstance or the situation to us just to feed our husband is like feeding 5,000 people, amen? You see, he didn't let a tough situation put a damper on what the, the mission was. So what's the application? How is your compassion meter? Is it uh, not much? Oh, about a quarter full, maybe halfway, maybe three quarters. Maybe I'm pretty compassionate, you know. You see, I think what Jesus wants us to do is to take it one step further and to listen to people and to see people and to understand what they're going through and to show compassion. It may not be feeding them, but it could be something very practical because of what happens a lot of times is we get up to this point, oh, I'm not dealing with you, co-worker who's missed drama. You're on your own. I think Jesus would want us to take one step further. How can I help? Number three, he took his love one step further by offering help at a critical time. That's your next blank. At a critical time. We're about to read a story of a, a widow who she had lost her husband and her son had passed away as well. And so Jesus approaches the outskirts of this city called Nain 
And there's a procession that's happening outside. They're carrying the coffin. And let's pick it up in Luke 7, 11, 15. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, look what it says, circle this or underline it. His heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and he touched the bier, which is simply a, a structure that the coffin rests on that you carry to carry the coffin. Touched the bier, they were carrying him on, and the bearer stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. What a miracle, amen? But it, look what Scripture says. It says that his heart went out to her. She was having a difficult time, a critical time in her life. She had already lost her husband, and now she was grieving again. And so Jesus met her at a critical time. He took it one step further and says, it's going to be okay. Don't cry. I got this. See, Jesus could have very well gotten up to the limit and said, okay, well, you just have to bury him today. No, Jesus realized that she was grieving and at a very crucial, critical time and she needed some help. So he stuck. He literally took one step further and said, my son, rise up. Amen. One thing I know that when uh, we go sort of beyond the limits with people and understand that some people, a lot of us, are at crucial times in our life. Isn't it nice to have someone come alongside of you and help you? Come on, talk to me here. It's nice to have a, a soulmate like a spouse, or it's nice to have a good friend that you can call and say, hey man, I'm going through a tough time. And Jesus wants to take us, he wants us to take it one step further and say, well, you know, sorry. No, he wants us to say, hey bud, let's go have coffee. Can I pray for you? Hmm, that's a big one. He wants us to take it one step further when people are going through crucial times in their life. Amen. Are y'all okay with this so far? Practical, everyday stuff that we can use tomorrow. Number four, he took his love one step further by making time for people. By making time. And I thought when I was studying this morning, I was like, Lord, could you give me an example of, cause, cause the thought came to me, you know, yeah, he made time for people. He took it one step further. And that little, that little guy named Zacchaeus that the kids learn about. Luke 19, one through six, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, look what Jesus did. He took it one step further. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down, brother. I need to, to stay. I need to visit with you. I need to go to your house right now today. So he came down once and welcomed him gladly. 
What did Jesus do? He just took it one step further by showing his love and saying, hey, Zacchaeus, I'd like to um, have a conversation with you. Can, can we take it a step further? And Do you mind if I kind of chill out at your house? Can your wife cook a gumbo? Sure, okay. I'd like to, I'd like to talk to you. Now, keep in mind, he was a tax collector and very wealthy. That didn't stop Jesus, amen? He said, hey, can we break some bread? I want to learn a little bit more about your life. And I'll share some things about my life to you, amen? Isn't that cool? So is there a relationship in your life that you, you only go up to here? Is there someone that you know, like a Zacchaeus, that you need to spend maybe a little bit more time with and help? Someone that you can get up close and personal with and just get to know them a little better. I met a guy here <clears throat> for the Freedom Weekend that I haven't seen in a while. He, he still comes, but I just haven't seen him because he might come to one service and, you know, we got so many people that come. <clears throat> And it was Friday night. It was before worship had started. And um, I got to talking to him. And man, I just, I just connected with him. You know what I'm saying? I just connected with him. And before the conversation ended, we mutually agreed that we're going to have breakfast next week because Rob likes to eat. Right, Kevin? Yes, indeed. And so I feel like I'm, I'm, I want to I want to learn more about him. And he, he has a particular job and he deals with people with addictions. And I said, man, I don't know a lot about that stuff. So I'd like to just find out who you are. And he said, oh, Pastor Rob, I would love that. Great example of taking a relationship one step further. Amen. Making time, making time. I've said this before, it's probably years ago, that a great way to make time for people is not send a Hallmark card to them. Because when we send a Hallmark card, we're relying on someone else's words and not ours. And when you make time, I see, I could, I could send a card to this gentleman. Hey, thanks for visiting for Freedom Weekend. I enjoyed my time. Something real fluffy with some curly, squirrely things on a hallmark. You know what I'm saying? Those hallmark, you know, that frou-frou kind of stuff. But can I tell you and give you a strong suggestion? Don't send cards to people. Make time by calling them or going visit them and tell them how you really feel about them. Amen. It's very easy to go pick out a card at Valentine's Day, right, guys? You know, that big shiny card. It's got the double layer. Some of them even open up and play a song. They're so cute, and they've got red hearts. But maybe your wife would rather to hear your words than words that somebody else penned, amen? Don't let Harmog do it for you. Jesus took his love one step further by number five, by not abandoning and judging people. 
Ooh, I heard a ooh and a ah right there. By not abandoning and judging people, you, you know the story of the adulterous woman that had been brought out uh, kind of, I guess, in the courtyard. And there were some soldiers that were about ready to stone her because that's what the law said, right? And so Jesus bends down and writes something in the dirt. And then he looks at the soldiers who, who were cocked. They were ready to throw a fastball. And he says, if any one of you is without sin, let him throw the first stone. And they all dropped their rocks. And look what it says in Scripture. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left. What does that say? He didn't abandon her. Until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I judge or condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. You see, Jesus didn't abandon her at her crucial time. He went the distance for her. He didn't leave her alone to handle the situation on her own. He comforted her. He didn't abandon her, but He also didn't judge her. He says, neither I condemn you. Hmm. I heard a quote or I read a quote today that judging others does not define who they are. It defines who you are. You might want to tweet that. <laughs> judging others does not define who they are. It defines who you are. One man said, it's okay to judge me. Just remember to be perfect the rest of your life. Yeah. Let me tell you what judging develops. It develops a critical spirit. And I think it's one of the, the tragedies of, of the Christian culture is that sometimes we're the worst at criticizing and we're the worst at judging by clothes, by status. We're so quick to be critical maybe of what someone said or how they talked to you or how they conducted their business. And let me just tell you, a critical spirit will simply, the devil just takes that and brews and, and stirs the pot and stirs the pot. And then long, doesn't take long, but you walk around with a critical spirit and that's all you do. You criticize your husband or your wife. You criticize your children. You criticize your boss. You criticize everyone in authority. You criticize pastors, leaders in the church. And what they do is they, they want to find something wrong. You know anyone like that? Always looking for something to pick at. Number six, he took his love one step further by interceding for his disciples in the church. Jesus is awesome. Amen. In John 17 and verse 20, it says, this is Jesus. He says, my prayer is not for the disciples alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see, Jesus knew that 
after his death, the sheep might be scattered, you know? He understood that. And so the entire chapter is him not only praying for his disciples, but he's also interceding for those that believe and those that are going to carry the torch or the baton to the next generation. And so he took time to intercede. Has anyone ever asked you, hey, could you pray for me? Anybody? What's your first reaction? Yeah, I'll get to it next week. You see, Jesus took it one step further, and he wants us to take it one step further. That when people ask us to pray for them or pray for a situation, let me just encourage you to, to drop what you're doing and just pray right there. You don't necessarily have to pray out loud, but it could be at work. It could be driving. It, it, it doesn't matter. But I just encourage you to have a spirit of an intercessor which lifts up other people's needs and to just plead the blood of Jesus over them that they're healed or whatever they're going through. Because you know what? Just like earlier, they're going through a crucial time in their life, a critical time in their life, and they need somebody to come alongside of them. So I just encourage you to come alongside of them and pray for them. Number seven, and we're going to land the plane here in a little bit. How did Jesus take it one step further? By meeting a specific need. By meeting a specific need. In Mark chapter 1, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. The man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. He said, or excuse me, he said, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and met a specific need of this man. He had leprosy. Jesus touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. How many times have people or someone approached you and says, I have a need. There are people all around us that have specific, just listen. Just listen. You can go in the foyer on a Sunday and you can pick out needs all the time. You'll hear one lady say, yeah, I'm moving in three weeks. What do you think the need is? She needs some help. You can see it in their face, especially on Sunday. They're a little down and out and, hey man, what's going on? Well, I lost my job yesterday. You see, Jesus saw a need and just simply met it. And a lot of people say, well, I'll pray about it if I can help you move or help you do this or help you do that. What is that telling the person? <laughs> Maybe a mom single mom, married, it doesn't matter, is around children all day. And bless her heart, she just needs a break. And sometimes going in the bathroom by herself just doesn't cut it. You know what I'm saying? And closing the door. Because they're still banging on the door. Mom! What? Maybe the specific need is to meet it is to say, 
I'll babysit the whole day while you go pamper yourself. Maybe there is a lady in the church or a lady, maybe a a neighbor, somebody in your neighborhood that needs a lot of work done to the home. You know what I'm saying? And you just go knock on her door and say, you know, I see some rotten wood and and this and that. Is, is, Is there a need that maybe I can meet and help? You know, deterioration on a home, you can you can tell pretty quickly. Is there something that I can do? You see, Jesus met a specific need and he's saying, hey, if you want to meet a specific need and take it one step further, then then just do it. Amen. He took his love one step further. Number eight, by loving unconditionally, unconditionally. Seeing past someone's faults. Acts 9, 13 through 15, Lord, Ananias answered. They're talking about the Apostle Paul. I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. If you don't know much about Paul, he was. He hated Christians. He actually was part of pulling people out in the streets and persecuting them and killing them. He was part of that crowd. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Paul? Paul. Really? No, seriously, this is Ananias talking. Lord, you've got to be, you, you've, you've definitely made a mistake with this guy. He's going to be the chosen instrument and write two-thirds of the New Testament. I just don't see it. Don't see it. Paul, really? Jesus just loved Paul unconditionally. It didn't matter what Paul did, amen? It didn't matter all the persecution because when Jesus got a hold of him, his life radically changed, amen? You see, Jesus just simply saw past their faults or Paul's faults. And he had a lot of them, you got to admit. Hmm. I wonder if there's someone that we need to learn how to see beyond their faults. Amen. He got real quiet there. Number nine, he took his love one step further by giving his life for the world. And that's a pretty obvious one. Um, you know, we, we quote John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall, shall not perish but have eternal life. But look what it says in John 15.13. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus didn't say, you know this enduring torture thing? You know this laying my life down for you? I think I'm going to pass. 
No, Jesus willingly gave His life for each one of us, and it's the greatest expression of love that has ever been displayed. You see, He took it one step further. He could have hit the pause button and put a stop to it, but He chose not to. It's not in my notes, but I, I, I say this a lot. When Jesus was on the cross, He had already been tortured. They gave Him, they wanted to give Him gall, G-A-L-L. It's literally a narcotic to take the edge of the pain off. He said, no. No. I'm giving my life for you. Amen. Enough said about what Jesus did for us. Number 10 He took it one step further. He took His love one step further by loving you. Amen? And me. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, The Lord your God in your midst, midst, the Mighty One will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. He's singing about you right now. He's rejoicing over you right now. Do you know that? Do you know that you're not an accident? Your parents may have not planned you, but God did. He was not surprised by your birth. When He formed this world, He took it one step further and had you on His mind. He custom-made you. He knew your blood type. He knew your skin color. He knew the amount of hair that you might not have. He knew your height. He never does anything accidentally. He never makes mistakes. The Bible says that God is love. It doesn't say that God has love. He is love. And love is at the very essence of the nature of Jesus. It's at the core of His life. And the great thing about you is that He didn't create you because He was lonely. He created you in order to express His love towards you. You, you, you matter to Him. Amen? Despite with what maybe a parent said about you growing up. And here's the great news. There's nothing, nothing that you can do that will separate His love from you. When it comes to you, His love is indeed a love that knows no limits. In fact, that's the title of tonight's message. A love that knows no limits. It doesn't have a boundary. It doesn't have tape that says, well, I can only go this far. Remember I used the word agape earlier? It occurs when an individual sees, recognizes, understands, and appreciates the value of a person. They are held in great esteem and awe, admiration, wonder, and sincere appreciation. In closing tonight, I just want to encourage you to take this teaching, take the, the, the notes, 
Marinate on it. Let God speak to your spirit on how you can take it one step further. Maybe just take one at a time, you know. Maybe forgiveness is where you need to begin. Maybe helping someone in a crucial time. Maybe making time for someone. Don't let work get in the way of time with somebody. That's not in my notes. I just felt like I needed to say that. Maybe you just need to take it one step further by being a little bit more compassionate to the needs of others. Look for people. Listen to people. Not just here at church. Don't let a Hallmark card say your words. Make time for that. Call people and tell them how much you love them and how much you appreciate them. And finally, just simply see beyond the faults of people. You don't know what kind of life they lived a lot of times, right? You don't know how they were raised in the abuse or other things that they were put through. And so I believe that tonight Jesus wants us to just simply say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take it one step further in everything that I do. Amen? If you would, just stand with me. Do you feel like you can maybe work on this or take it home and, and talk about it or maybe look over it, maybe read the Scriptures? It truly is a teaching, you know, when it, when it comes to it, not just because there's blanks. But I believe that God wants us to maybe evaluate what our life is looking like. Do we stop at the boundary of love? Or do we simply take it one step further? I want you to just close your eyes tonight. You know, one thing that you can take one step further is by inviting Jesus into your life. That's where it really begins, right? Maybe you'd say, Rob, I hear what you're saying, but I don't have a life with Jesus. I don't understand a lot about Jesus. I don't understand about He gave His life for us so that we can have eternal, eternal life. Maybe you'd say, Rob, I really want to pursue God's love. Would you pray for me that I would receive Christ tonight? If that is you, I just simply want you to raise your hand because I want to pray with you. If you say, Rob, I want to accept Jesus tonight. Thank you, brother, for your honesty. Thank you, man, for your honesty. You see, before we can take it one step further and apply what Jesus wants to teach us, we've got to take it one step further with our salvation. And just repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready to take it one step further. I receive you tonight. I accept your forgiveness. Forgive me for what I've done and for my sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, listen, those of you that raised your hand and received Christ for the first time, there's a little card in your pew. Just fill it out and you can bring it to the info center. They have a little gift for you. But I just want you to take these notes home and look at them and, and just mull over them a little bit. Don't just throw them in the trash. 
I took time printing these out today. I did. I printed them myself. I went to the copier and got them off and I brought, you know, don't throw them away. Listen, I can't tell you how many notes that I've taken over the years. I've got, Michelle can tell you, I've got binder after binder. I've got notes in my, wherever my Bible is of, of things that I've collected over the years. Let me tell you, you know where they become valuable? Not just right now and tomorrow, but one day, maybe God would call you to do a life group. Maybe God would give you the ability to start something at your work. You know, well, if that happens, you're looking for material. This could be lesson number one. So when you take notes on Wednesday or Sunday, take notes so that it, the, 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 the reason for taking notes is for you to re- go back and look at them and reread them, but also to bless other people with what you're learning. Does that make sense? And a lot of times notes like this or that you have, it makes it, you find that it's very clear, fill in the blanks, very practical. So amen. I just pray over you that somehow you would take these notes and take what you learned tonight and just take it one step further and allow God to use you, to work in you so that you can be a blessing to someone else. Amen. Well, I thank you for coming tonight. Let's, uh, let's take it one step further. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.